Marketing for Library Marketers podcast, where we will engage in informal conversations with fellow library marketers, industry and social media experts, and other marketing professionals on the topics of marketing, communications, public relations, outreach, and more in libraries of all kinds. Whether you are a librarian, a clerk, assistant, or in some other role, and a team of many or just one, join us as we share tips, inspiration, industry news, success stories, lessons learned, strategies, tools to use, secrets, and more. I'm your host, Katie Rothley, fellow library marketer, librarian, and artist. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. So thanks for joining me today. I'm really excited. I've never done a podcast before, (laughs) so this is going to be like a big learning experience for me. But it's great. uh, What I really want to do is like talk about marketing for libraries, and because I met you at the Idea Exchange, and you're you are so friendly and like (laughs) um, engaging and. and super approachable. I'm really excited that um, you said yes when I reached out yeah. to you. Yeah, oh, that's great. I think this is great. It's awesome. I love that you're just jumping right into it. Uh, the best way to do it. Yeah, don't, you know, no point in uh, hemming and hawing and thinking about it forever. But, uh, but yeah, this is great. Yeah, awesome. No, I love it. So um, I, I guess we'll just get started. Sure. I, uh, I'll probably do like an intro later yeah, on, but um, that's fine. I noticed that you had an episode out there on the pa- podcast app. Yeah, we um. So yeah, the our library, uh, Jacksonville Public Library, has a podcast. Um. Oh, it, do you now? Which one do you mean? Because I have two. So so Jacksonville Public Library has a podcast. Um, it's called Completely Booked. We've had it for maybe three years or so. Um, we started by doing it as like a community interview podcast. So it was like, you know, people in the community that were, sometimes it was related to books. Sometimes it wasn't. Um, and, uh, but you know, and sometimes it was related to library programs and sometimes it was just interesting people. Um, so, you know, it worked really well. And then the people that were, uh, the people on my team that were, doing that, um, ended up moving and getting other opportunities, uh, which was great. Uh, I'm yeah, very excited definitely. for them. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then that, that kind of format of the podcast, we did it for a little bit longer and then COVID hit and uh, the, you know, you know how that is. So, yes. um, but we've, <laughs> but we've resurrected it now. So we use it to, um, share the audio streams from our, uh, what we call lit chat. They're like author talk programs. So we use it to share the audio streams and we've gotten, you know, basically we've got kind of the same, it's still a very small audience, but we got the same kind of level of audience that we had before and uh, we'll keep finding ways to build it up. So it's, you know, it's pretty nice way to repurpose some content and um, yeah, but we'll look to other ways that we can do it. So that's fun. Well, that's really exciting. Um, I guess uh, I probably should have started by asking you to introduce yourself and talk <laughs> about the library you work at and uh, what your role is at your library. 
Sure. No, it's fine. So I'm Chris Bowman. I'm the uh, Assistant Director for Community Relations and Marketing at Jacksonville Public Library in Jacksonville, Florida. And um, yeah, so we're a city of about a million people, just under a million people. Our library has 21 locations. uh, And me and my team do all of the marketing and promotion, public relations. Uh, We also manage the website and pretty much everything that has to do with messaging right to customers or to prospective customers. So uh, we have designers to do, graphic designers to do print um, and digital designs. I have some marketing specialists that do typical marketing campaigns and then some web and and, uh, AV and... um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much our team. So we also do a little bit of community relations. We have somebody uh, on our team that also um, t- reaches out to the friends groups and manages the library's volunteer programs. So that's a newer thing for our department, but it's uh, pretty good. I've been here for about almost seven years and the uh, rest of my career was in other industries, uh, but it's been a wonderful place to be. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's been, it's been a great experience. Well, wow. That's a lot to take in. I mean, <laughs> you, you're so lucky too. Uh, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience at other libraries. I've only worked at maybe two or three other ones, but mm-hmm. um, in the four libraries that I have worked at, they may have an outreach department, but not an actual team of people devoted to marketing, communications, and PR. Um, It only appears to be recently that libraries have been adding or designating a specific um, role or position within the library, or maybe a couple positions if they're if they're able to, you know, depending on their budget. Um, but you're so lucky. I feel like the, <laughs> that would be the dream is to have a whole team. <laughs> so I you, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, go ahead. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you offer like any words of wisdom or <laughs> advice or tips to libraries that could, I mean, hopefully people listen um, that, mm-hmm. you know, there's only one person that is in charge It's yeah, it's very difficult. And you're right. I mean, I am very, very fortunate to have this uh, to have this this department that I have. Um, It is it is really lucky. And yeah, I mean, we know um, there are libraries that may have one person dedicated. There's libraries where the director might be the one doing this. Um, It's uh, it's very tough. But yeah, I mean, if you're you know, and if you're just one person, just like any library department, any marketing department, whatever size, though, if you're just one person, the first thing to do is recognize that you can't do it all. And, you you know, you can't do everything. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to do everything that you would like to do. Um, it's And the other thing that's really important to remember, and I think this is for anybody, but especially if you've got a real small marketing department or you're just a solo, um, that you don't have to market everything to everyone. So libraries have so much, Um, you know, books are our number one thing. I mean, people think of the library in terms of uh, libraries. That's kind of the first thing that comes to people's mind is books, but then libraries have programs and services and, and spaces and lots of other things that people can use. And the important thing to keep in mind for everybody is 
you know, don't think that you have to tell every person about everything that the library offers and hope that one of those things is going to click with something that they want or need. It's more important to see if you can find ways that you can learn more about people and learn more about what they want or need and, um, and talk to them just about that stuff. And so what I mean, you know, an example of that would be instead of, uh, you know, if instead of trying to put in like a monthly newsletter, every program that's going on at the library for that month, plus things about any books, plus things about everything else, it might be better for you to see if you can find from your list of people that you have their email addresses for what kind of things they're interested in, you know, send them, you can do surveys really cheaply with Google Forms or SurveyMonkey. But if you can find out what people are interested, you know, and see, you know, well, then you maybe build a group of people who are interested in books and a group of people who are interested in adult programs and people who are interested in children's programs. That way you can focus your energy on marketing to just those people, what they need. And, um, you know, you won't get kind of overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, we have all these things going on in the library. I have to tell everybody about everything. So I think that, you know, that to me is, you know, something that we struggle with too. I'm, I'm certainly guilty of that myself. I mean, there's so many things going on and we want to tell everybody about everything, but we always have to keep thinking like, okay, who is the person that really this is going to benefit? Who's the person that's been telling us in one way or another that this is the thing that they want? And how can we get that message to that person? Um, we don't do a we don't do a monthly newsletter, you know, in our in our library. We do tons of email, but it's all as targeted as it can be. So I would say, you know, that's the thing. See what you can learn about the people that you communicate to, and just focus on those things. Get good at those things. You don't have to keep trying to create all new things all the time. Just get good at one. Get good at the things that you can do. And so was that something, was that like a lesson you learned over time or was that something that you kind of got from formal education or did you start out, you know, trying to do all the things, <laughs> be all the things to everyone <laughs> um, and then slowly learn that you needed to get more specific? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think I probably did for a long time in marketing um, think about uh, how, you know, try to do more about trying to get more things out to everybody. And again, kind of hoping that something would stick, you know, assuming that um, the, you know, assuming that that's what people wanted to know. So, um, and I'll tell you, I, you know, I think that the thing that really kind of helped for me um, was uh, this book called uh, Building a Story Brand by a guy mm. named Donald Miller. Yeah, yes. it's, yeah, I've read it. Yeah, it's yes. oh, such a good book. Um, so I think that that book in particular really helped it to click. And, you know, in the book and in the, just the, um, you know, practice of doing this story brand methodology, uh, you know, it talks about, nobody wants to know what about you. Like people don't want to know from the library. Like they don't want to know how great the library is or how the great library thinks it is. It's not important to people. It's fine. And, you know, some people like to hear it, 
but that's really not what they want. Like when you, so when you tell people, and I think people have this experience and I had this experience too, even when I started library, uh, even when I started in this industry is that when you tell people about all the things the li library has to offer, there are people that are, you know, they'll listen and they'll be amazed and they'll think like, wow, you know, and the one you hear is, I didn't know the library did that, right. which is great. But the thing that you're missing there is that feels like a win and it's not really a win. It feels like, you know, that, you know, oh, wow, I really broke through to that person. But if that person is not the, not the person that the thing that you're talking about is really for, then it really hasn't done anything for them. So mm -hmm. the whole idea of story brand is to figure out what problem is your customer trying to solve? So looking at them and thinking, okay, they have a million things going on all day and tons of things going through their mind. And they're seeing, you know, literally hundreds of thousands or uh, not hundreds of thousands, but thousands of advertising and messages all day. What kind oh, of yes. things, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah. So what kind of things are going to help them be more successful in whatever it is they're trying to do and not what you're trying to get them to do and not what you think, um, you know, is a great product or service that maybe it might be something that's useful for them. And yeah, like you said, you know, where did this come from? I mean, this book, uh, you know, it, it's interesting, of course, I bet to say like one book, um, but this book is really, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it really spoke to me, speaks to a lot of people. It's, it's got a, um, you know, it's got a very successful following and, um, it's, it's a really, uh, you know, rational and sensical kind of, a of a way of thinking if you really think about it. And then if you, you know, look at the book, it talks about, um, you know, things that go all the way down to what, uh, people are doing for survival. I mean, it, you know, it breaks it down to how your brain is working and it really makes a lot of sense. So I think, you know, that book really helped me kind of come from the, the mind of we need to do everything and we need to make sure that we find ways to be in front of people all the time to no, that's not it. We need to find the people um, and find out what their problems are. And that's how we need to get them, um, you know, from where they are to where, to where they want to be. Yeah. So I, I, I hear like from, from what you've just said that it's no longer okay to have the, if you build it, they will come mindset. Um, right. You have <laughs> yeah. to get, you have to get very intentional about your mm -hmm. message that you're communicating because while we know <laughs> that the library <laughs> is this incredible resource. Um, we're on the other end of the spectrum where we need to get out of that mindset and more into, you know, how how do I benefit from the library being available to me in this way? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What are we trying to do? And that is the that's the other big thing, Katie, that you brought up is the um 
is the and it's another book and oh I'm so mad I can't remember which book this one is in but uh remember you can always tell me later <laughs> yeah but um but it's the idea of the curse of knowledge and mm. you know that's what we all suffer from and not just us in marketing I mean everybody in the library suffers from that and um you know so we know so much we know everything that's going on so we have a hard time getting into the customer's mind and thinking like what does this look like to them them. Like, is is what I'm saying, you know, you got to be careful about using library-ish terms and using things that customers, uh, you know, or we call them customers in, in our library, using things that customers may not understand and may need a little more information to get. And, um, you know, just in general, you know so much and we know so much about how we see the world. It's really difficult to... Um, and to see the world in a customer's eyes. So it's why we really need to find ways to keep talking to them um, to, you know, and, and customers, uh, library customers or library people, um, library users, they love the library. Um, <laughs> you, it's, you, you have a hard time over connecting with them. Like it, um, email unsubscriber unsubscribe rates for library customers is super low because people don't yes. unsubscribe, right? They want right. to hear from their library. Um, and so, so what I'm saying is you can survey customers. Like a lot of people are afraid, like, oh, are we going to over-survey them? Don't worry about that. You can ask okay. people. People, one of the things that people love to do, um, and I learned this when I was actually looking for a job. Um, one of the things that people love <laughs> to do is people love to give you advice and feedback. So if you ever want, right? <laughs> yes, totally. Who doesn't love to be asked for their opinions and asked for their advice? That's what everybody wants is to give their advice. So if you're asking customers in different ways to give you their advice and feedback, you know, be careful, being careful not to set expectations with them that whatever it is they ask for, we're going to do. But if you get that advice and feedback from them, you know, that can uh, be very helpful in helping you understand what your customers want and, you know, get you closer to being more efficient. And what are you going to talk to people about and not trying to have to build a big cosmopolitan message that, you know, only 3% is something that this customer wants and only half is something this customer wants. So, yeah. So I would say, you know, that's another thing is don't be afraid to talk to your customers. Um, people, people that like live, that use libraries, um, love libraries and, uh, they will, they will go out of their way to tell you, you know, what, what things you want to hear and not what you want to hear, but they go out of your way to tell you, you know, what their, um, what their experiences are and their needs are and their opinions are. So yeah, it's, it's a good way to look at it. So I'm really interested. Um, I know you, you kind of mentioned the emails there a little bit and yeah. I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts are on, how long an email from the library should actually be because I've been finding in like the last four years of actually doing marketing um, specifically yep. in my job that uh, longer is not always necessarily <laughs> better. There is no one size that fits. <laughs> I mean, That's like um, it, it appears that, you know, the saying that less is more is actually indeed true yeah, uh, in my yeah. experience. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great question, a great observation. Um, you know, something that I think that even I have a hard time thinking about when 
um, composing email messages. This is something that uh, I want to get better about is um, so I, I will, I will, uh, I'll get to your, your question yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this, but something that's hard to think about is, you know, we compose emails in most of us compose the emails that we're sending on, you know, a desktop or a laptop computer. Um, the thing is most people are opening those on a phone or a mobile device. And, uh, you know, I don't, I will admit I don't do this. And now that I'm talking to you, I'm like, man, I really got to do this. Um, I think we got to be more uh, cognizant of that and be looking at when we create our emails and be looking at how they look on a mobile screen, because that's how people do it. And again, if you're talking, and so where I'm going with this is talking about mobile, um, you know, a lot of people that are reading and opening our messages on mobile yeah, a lot of content and a lot of images and a lot of things that, that they have to scroll through is going to make it something that people might not get through. They may not set aside. I mean, people like to kind of scroll through things real quickly. And so, I mean, I would go for, you know, I, I mean... I would go for less, definitely less text, less copy, you know, as clear and concise as you can get. And that again is another thing in yeah. uh, many books, including story brand, but about, you know, getting to the essence of the message and not giving people too much to try and, um, and understand and digest uh, clarity is super important, but also, you know, buttons that get people to take action. I mean, I would get those first and foremost as, as close to the top as you can. Um, you know, maybe take it easy with messages and also make sure that your things are optimized for mobile if you can. But, you know, so I think the mobile thing does reduce the, um, it reduces the window of what an email looks like. And so I would say that would reduce the size, but I do want to give you a recommendation uh, and, and any listeners a recommendation that um, there is a wonderful, wonderful blog uh, called Super Library Marketing. And mm, yes. um, yeah, Angela Hirsch. <laughs> yeah, Angela is awesome. You really need to get her on here because she is just stellar. She's fantastic. Um, and Angela, just uh, recently to the time of when we're recording this, so in mid-August 2022, posted, um, uh, put up a blog post that has what are the optimal lengths for everything, not just email, but social media, blogs, um, which blogs actually you'll find are a lot longer than uh, can, can and in some ways should be a lot longer than I think many of us think. Mm. Um, not just many of us, but many of our uh, directors and board members yes. <laughs> um, think because they have a different idea about how people are using blogs. And I think it's different than, than most people think, but, you know, so there's great advice in there. And I, I, I know that that email is one of those things. I can't remember what it is that she said, but, um, but I know that there's some great advice on how to make that content right size so that you'll get the, um, the best reaction from people and the best and what you want. You want people to click, you want people to take an action. So definitely having a button there, um, or link to if people to take action, super important. I feel like, you know, some of that is like trying to find the holy grail for <laughs> being perfect in marketing. Like, is there some formula that you can concisely follow each and every time? And then, you know, like, huzzah, everything came together perfectly. And, 
you know, like I got all these followers on our Facebook page because of that one social media post or that one flyer that perfectly like encapsulated the one program I was trying to market. Um, It's it's like getting that sweet spot. And I mean, basically, does that even exist? Um, uh, you know, if it does, somebody's making an AI module for it right now. So we don't have to do this anymore. Um, and some people think that there is, but you know, it's, it's a good question. And I don't think that, uh, I, I don't think that there is, um, that tight of a formula. And I think that even, you know, even, uh, you know, people like Angela would, would agree that, um, you know, these are the rules, but you know, they don't always apply. So you, you need to, you do need to know your audience though. I mean, I think that's really the key is how well can you know your audience? For example, um, Cincinnati um, uh, and Hamilton County Public Library um, has uh, probably, they're probably about this, maybe they're a little larger than our library, but um, I've recently seen a lot of things on their Facebook page. And to me, they seem very they at first they seemed very similar to either similar to things we do or a little outside what we do but they get really great engagement on their facebook Ooh. page right I have so to they check them out now you do yes yes public <laughs> library of cincinnati and hamilton county um they uh and so so i asked angela because that was the library that angela was at before she went to ebsco and um you know it was interesting what she said is well it's because they know their customers and they know that their customers like, and it was like three things. It was like, they like um, historic things in Cincinnati. They like, you know, this type of content and that type of content. So I think, you know, there, there can be some formulas, but I don't know if the formula is going to be the same for everybody, Mm -hmm. but you know, still, I mean, if you know your customers well and you're in a certain platform it would be good to to take a look at your content and find out, you know, what are the top two or three things that people really like? And if you can weigh a little heavier on those things and see that could bring you more followers, because if it's content that's engaging people, that's things that they're going to share. That's things that they're going to tell others about. And that's how you're going to grow, you know, a following. The other important thing to remember about, um, you know, kind of anything that you do. Uh, So I would say the other formulaic part of it is um, the more people you can get from outside of your website to your website, that's really the goal. So whatever you can do to increase um, traffic or, you know, what way, the way that we're looking at it here is whatever we can do to increase organic traffic to our website um, is, is better because that means that somebody who wasn't necessarily thinking about the library, um, came into the library website to get something. So, you know, while there's not really a formula, I think there may be, um, a measure out there or, uh, you know, some type of, a of a yardstick out there that you can use to say, well, you know, if we're getting more people organically to our website, you can see that on your um, Google analytics. Um, 
you know, the better that you are, because that means that somebody is moved from a space that you don't control, like Google, like Facebook, like Instagram, to a space that you do control. And that's what you want. You want people where you can control the message and where you control the rules and you're not at the whim of, um, you know, organizations that really, I mean, you know, you can't blame them. They're in the business of making money from advertising. So they're going to show what does best for them, which may not be your content. So. So then would you say like, um, you know, if somebody was kind of lost and trying to figure out how to become an improved um, marketer for their library, or at Mm -hmm. least have some kind of guiding uh, principle or something to follow, it's not necessarily as essential to have like a content marketing plan or strategy as it is to more understand your community, your audience that you are trying to either retain or engage for the first time. I think so, Katie. I think that, um, I think that you want to, um, yeah, I think that if you had if you had to choose between one of those, because you're a single person, you know, you're one person that's uh, that's doing that kind of work or a small team or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. I think you're going to be better served to spend time knowing what your community is doing. And then the other thing is taking that information and talking to other people in libraries that do marketing. I mean, if you do those two things and find out, you know, people that other people that do library marketing, um, we're all, we're all experiencing the same thing um, as you and I saw when we were at the, uh, the, the conference, um, you know, whenever a pain point came up for somebody, we're all like, oh yeah, we totally yeah. feel that. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yep. Oh no, you're not alone. We all do that. So, you know, talking to the library markers, but I do, I think, you know, I mean, it is important to know something about strategy and to know something about marketing. I mean, it helps to know something about strategy and something about marketing. But I think the more you look at, you know, again, what what kind of things are your customers going through and what kind of things does, does your library have so that you can help them become successful, Um you know, if, if that's what you have the time to do, then I think you're going to be better served. And that will also help you develop a marketing strategy. So that might be the thing to put first, um, you know, rather than using, I mean, you know, it's great to use whatever knowledge and experience you have from other industries. That's certainly going to be valuable or from past libraries. But again, the more you know about what is your customer population like, then that's going to help you be a lot more efficient and okay, well, so we're not going to worry about this because we don't have the customers that they really care about this. And this one's really important to our customers. So we got to kind of put that first. And so I think, you know, again, kind of leading with what does our population look like, um, whatever tools you, you can use to do that, that's going to, um, that's going to make, the things that you do operate a lot more efficiently and effectively. Well, thanks, Chris. Um, we have about 10 minutes left at, at least that's what zoom is telling me. And then it's okay. going to kick us off, but um, okay. <laughs> I want to close with asking you, like if you would be willing to share, you know, one of your biggest marketing accomplishments for the Jacksonville area. That's a good question. Um <laughs> I uh, oh, I would say let me see, yeah. um, 
I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot there. It's, it's kind great. of hard to news. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. No, it's great. Um, you know, I really, I got to say, I think one of the things that I'm proudest of that we've been able to do here, uh, and it's going to sound repetitive on base what I already talked on, but the thing that I'm really proudest of what we've been able to do here is we've been able to create some really excellent um, email lists of customers that we know the kind of things that they want. We've been able to get them that content. And we've been able to see that that has made a difference in how people engage with our programs and how people register for programs. Um, and it's really neat. So in the pandemic, uh, when we were closed, we started something called Library U and Library Academy. Library Academy mm. is, yeah, it sounds fancy, right? Um, Library Academy is really the um, kind of the umbrella for all of our uh, child's content. So early childhood, um, school age and teen. And so, but we used something, we used a format, we called it Library Academy. We gave it a name. Um, we have certain names for the different kind of categories of programs that we have. But because we've done that, we've been able to build up these really specific lists of people that, um, you know, we know that this person is interested in early childhood learning. We know that this these people are interested in school age programming. So, Normally, libraries have pretty good open rates um, with email, which is great, but these really are blown out of the water. I mean, we get open rates of 60, 70, 80% on these mm, emails. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's small groups. It's not, it's not huge groups. I mean, it's hundreds, not thousands, but, um, but it's, it's been growing. Um, it might be thousands now, but it's been growing. And we've done the same thing with our library U, which is for adult programming. And Beyond that, we broke that into, we worked with our programming department and we have certain categories of programs that they've created. And so I feel like working with them and kind of sharing and, and, uh, and working together on that, we've come up with this really great plan of programs that are becoming very recognizable. Like I mentioned, we have these programs called Lit Chats, they're author talks. Um, and uh, you know, we hear our customers now use the term lit chat and, you know, it's, it's really, <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> neat, you know, when you can get that kind of adoption of your program. So, you know, so I would say that working to build up those audiences and those communities has been something that me and my team worked really hard on. Um, we provide a lot of content. We provide email content. We provide programming content um, or, you know, programming um, information for people. And, you know, I think that that's something that just staying focused on that, even though not everybody I think was on board, the, you know, from the beginning, <laughs> um, people have realized that now they are. And now I have my staff saying things like, oh, hey, we have this thing. And, um, you know, we have this museum partnership thing that we're working on. Said, oh, so what if we get an email list of people who are into museums and art? And then we can share. I was like, yes, that is exactly it. So <laughs> I, to me, that that's one of the things that I'm proudest of that that uh, that we've done at this library. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's working really well. That's great that you can kind of see like the return on investment um, in that, you know, people are starting to, you know, really buy into what you've managed to create and share. 
and that um, your team is getting excited and invested in it too. (laughs) Yeah. It's really nice when somebody kind of, uh, you know, uses what you used to use back to you. Like, you know, why don't we create an email email list for that? Because we're finding that there's a group of people that want that. Now people are, now my team is saying, coming up with those same ideas and it's, it's great. It's, it's really the way of getting to people for the things that they want and not worrying about, you know, shotgunning things out. And we're trying to, I'm always trying to get people to remove the word hope from, uh, from their (laughs) vocabulary because marketing is really not hoping. We don't put something out there and hope somebody uses it. We do the best to find out that somebody wants to use this. Well, thank you so much for spending the last half an hour or so with me and answering my questions and talking about your experience as a library marketer and everything you're doing for your library system. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for asking me, Katie. I really appreciate you for doing this. This is wonderful. I can't wait to hear the podcast. I can't wait to subscribe and uh, yeah, look forward to look forward to talking to you more soon. I hope I have you back on again. I have to look for other people to interview and share their expertise, but this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Kate. Appreciate it. Excellent.